Yo, what up? This is Derek. This is the Bariatric Badass Podcast. What is up, everybody? My name is Derek. I had RNY, Ruin Y Gastric Bypass in 2014. I started my journey, my weight loss surgery journey, out at about 405 pounds. Um, if you'd like to know more about my weight loss surgery journey, it's in episode 10 of this podcast. You're just going to have to scroll down. You can actually probably search for it as well on Google. Um, about 16, 17 minute podcast about the shit that I've been to up till about mm, November 2019. So with that being said, that doesn't include the fun time we had in 2020. So <laughs> I'm going to be revising here pretty soon because it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy year for me. It's December 26th. Today, and it always has been this way, December 26th, is the bariatric new year. I'm going to explain to you why. We're getting ready to do a video in a our, our once a week live uh, video in uh, bariatric food point recipe. Well, and we'll know. We're going to be doing it from our page, of course, in the event, the actual event post that we made. Um, and we're going to be sharing it into bariatric food point recipe. I'm about the greatest workout there is. So I want to make sure everybody keeps an open mind when they come. Bring a pen and piece of paper. Of course, it will be available on the podcast, but we will be doing it live as well. Um, like I said, 2020 has been crazy. I'm just I'm just finishing my workout. Right. If you're on the fence, if you are avid gym goer or you avid at home workout or exercise sorry water break frozen water break to be honest with you <laughs> then you're gonna dig this podcast if you're on the fence i really hope you fall towards the side that i'm trying to get you to fall into but if you do not like exercise or fitness or even care to learn about it or maybe find purpose behind why you should be doing it because somebody another influencer in the bariatric community I'm not going to say who he is we all know who he is says why bariatric patients should not exercise after weight loss surgery before you ask did you even watch the video of course i watched the video i've watched the video numerous times because i've made numeral numeral <laughs> i've named blah. yeah you can tell it's the bariatric new year I made several pieces of content on that subject over the course of the last four years that I've been in the bariatric community and I'd have to deal with <coughs> he who shall not be named. I get it. I get it. And you know, and the science behind what he is talking about when it comes to exercise after weight loss surgery is just a small piece, a small piece of the explanation. Okay. He doesn't go in to detail about the mental side of it i get it you know i think what we're referring to is that time between your we're gonna talk about science this is the rollout round i'm gonna talk about the science behind what he's talking about and why he is wrong yeah taking Derek here high school dropout versus a <clears throat> i'm gonna tell you what and i'm going to nail him to the wall and dispel and debunk all the science that I can remember top of my head. it's been a while since I've seen the video I have a PDF on my phone so I'll probably look at that 
But no, I'm just going to go from the hip. So first of all, we're going to talk about how it will make you stall. Your weight loss surgery will stall. I think when it comes to being a uh, bariatric surgeon, what's important is your weight loss. That's it. They don't give two shits about your longevity. You may think that they care about your longevity because you are going to them for them to save your life. But no, your surgeon's number one goal, and it's hard to hear, but it is true. Your surgeon's number one goal is your weight loss success. If a bariatric surgeon, of course, every bariatric surgeon, surgeon is the same. They have their techniques on how they do the surgery, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to aftercare or pre-care of your surgery, there is a big difference and there's a lot of things that need to be done and done afterwards that your surgeons really don't look at. And that's when we're bringing up this uh, particular subject as to why you should be and not shouldn't be. But the science behind it is this. First of all, when you stall, your weight loss stalls, assuming you are doing what you are supposed to do as far as your food is concerned. Not as far as your exercise. Not as far as your you know weekly support classes that you go to. I don't know if you have those. I have those in mind. It is staying on track with your food. 100%. Your body burns X amount of calories every single day by not doing shit. By sleeping. By resting. It's calling a resting metabolic rate. Okay? Sharice will do yours. If you send her a DM and ask her nicely, she will help you with your resting metabolic rate. It's kind of complex, but she knows how to do it. She does a good job at it. So if you want that, send her a DM. Say, Derek sent me to you to do my resting metabolic rate. What that is, is that is how much your body will burn calories while you're at rest. Okay? Now that's going to change. It's going to change as your weight drops. It's going to change at your activity level. It's going to change... Uh, with how much you, uh, you're, you're actually consuming at that time. How much what you have in your body, the nutrients that you have in your body, it'll change. But it doesn't change very much. It, it, you can get, like, like myself, let's see, we did a uh, rest metabolic rate on myself here. <coughs> Man, it's been about a week ago because we were preparing for today because today is the bariatric new year. We start before January 1st. Why? Well, you start early. You have all that time. You have those seven days from December 26th to January 2nd, which everybody starts on 2nd and on the 1st. Some start on the 1st, but recovering from hangovers. Regardless, it gives you the entire week to just fucking prepare and to hit it and knock it out of the park when January 2nd hits. New year, new me. Right? Awesome. That's how it's done. So, again, you're stalling. Okay? Like I said, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. If you are stalling, it is because of your hormones. And I'm sorry, ladies, which makes up pretty much 98% of our following. Ladies, it is worse on you. You have, a lot, you have a lot more hormones in your body than men do. It is blatant bio biological science. That's just how it is. But sometimes that gives you an upper hand. It will give you an upper hand. Your hormones will give you an upper hand if, one, you are eating what you are supposed to. I'm not talking, oh, fuck, it's Christmas. Let's eat pizza and uh, homemade fudge and all the other shit that everybody's families do. If you stay on track, right? 
how bad do you want this? That's all I got to ask. I ask that same question. Anytime someone sends me a message, how bad do you want weight loss surgery success? Close your eyes right now. I want you to think what I want you to think about exactly where you want to see yourself. Some of you will get this image that is unachievable, but you're looking at it anyway. If you are looking at that, it is achievable. When I had my weight loss surgery, I envisioned somebody who had a lot of loose skin, but was had a lot of great definition in their body because I've been working out for a decade. That's what I saw. Did I get to it? Not even close. And I know why. I know exactly why. That is unreachable, unachievable, impossible goal. That impossible, unachievable goal that I set when I had my surgery, even though it wasn't a goal, it's just what I envisioned, was not achieved because I did not put in the effort that was required to do it. Back then, I didn't know it was going to take that much effort. Like, yeah, fuck, I'll have a you know, weight loss surgery and weight will fall out. Or, weight will fall out. I will lose all the weight. And I'll be ripped. Because I've been powerlifting for years. So, it didn't happen. You know, Derek got hurt. Derek regained. Derek lost it. Derek regained. Derek lost it. It's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, and now you bring in 2020, which was a whole nother podcast. Right? So you need to like open your eyes and see the amount of effort. If you're going to have a dream, whatever it is, do not rely on your weight loss surgery to get there. If you put forth a dramatic effort to get to that goal, if you say have a goal that is ultimately unachievable, then you must, must, must put in work and focus like you've never done before. When you put everything you have and you are 100% confident and you're 100% driven, not motivated, 100% driven to achieve said goal and you don't give up when you fail, you'll get it. I learned that the hard way. As an entrepreneur, I learned it the hard way. Physically, it's work and it takes time. So when someone's coming out and they're saying that you're going to stall, your weight loss surgery is going to stall if you exercise, is complete bullshit. Why? Because he says the amount of muscle you put on Versus how much your body is going to actually lose fat. I'm going to tell you, when you're having weight loss surgery, average weight loss a week, when you're not in a hormone-driven stall, is anywhere between 7 and 13 pounds a week. Or, excuse me, a month. So, unless you are taking thousands and thousands of dollars in anabolic steroids and then also 
putting in the work to have that type of body. There is no way on God's green earth you're going to gain, especially bariatric patients, especially new bariatric patients. Even if you are in a position where you are able to eat that many calories to obtain more than a half to three quarters of a pound of muscle per month, where's the science behind that? That's what you need to ask him. If you are a big fan of his, you need to ask him, where is the science behind the, there's no way that I will put on more than eight or nine pounds of muscle or eight or nine or 14 pounds of muscle to make up for the amount of fat that I lost. And I'm going to, it's going to, which is going to cause me to stall because I can promise you and I get it as long, <laughs> as long as it's distributed through your body accordingly, ladies, you would like eight pounds of muscle. Trust me. You might not think so. If you do, then you know what I'm talking about. There's nothing wrong with having muscle on your body. As a matter of fact, the more lean muscle mass that you have on your body, the higher your metabolism is going to be, the higher your metabolism is, yeah, the higher your metabolism is, the more efficiently your body will burn fat when you are at rest. Remember when I was talking about your resting metabolic rate? Well, it's going to increase dramatically if you have, you know, X amount of pounds of lean muscle mass on your body. And I don't mean ripped. I don't mean uh, Olympia competitor type of muscle mass. I'm talking you start, you start lifting, you start doing push-ups, you start doing sit-ups, you start doing planks, squats, body squats, uh, everything. Start, get, just, just start. So all you got to do is just start. It'll get easier. And when it gets easier, you make it more difficult. You're getting up every morning because you're motivated because the weight's coming off. Or you're stalled, so you're motivated, so you want to make it come off by exercising more. Just start. That's it. Body weight, body weight exercises starts right there. Eventually, you graduate into, you know, going and buying you know, exercise equipment at your house or going and joining a gym, you get there if that's where you want to go. But doing this bodyweight exercise, buying home equipment, increasing lean muscle mass on your body will shoot up your, your metabolic rate and you'll lose fat like crazy. You just go to bed and you burn calories. You burn calories breathing. Flip-flopping around like I do. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, that's, that's the most ridiculous part. So we're not going to get into the mental about what he said or being worried about illness or catching something. Of course, if you have good hygiene, especially in this day and age where everybody is all worried about, you know, disinfecting everything, every surface, which is what they, sh they should be doing in a gym in the first place, but they don't. As long as you're wearing shoes, as long as you're not going in and taking a shower in the gym, going home and taking a shower, there is nothing wrong with not showering before you leave the gym. I'm just going to say that. Period. Nothing wrong with showering before, with, with not showering in the gym and just leaving. If you're going to work, if you're going to work in an office, it's different. Okay? But a majority of people who are new to exercise may sweat a little bit, but not enough to cause any type of body order. Assuming you already have good hygiene.
I would never, ever shower in a gym. <laughs> you know, back in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, well, not 90s, so 70s and 80s, so the people that were out of the gym wouldn't let you leave unless you showered. Or it'd be just like a stigma in the gym when people can see showers. Like in middle school, which I absolutely fucking hated. Being a male in a gym class, going in the shower, you know, going into the locker room with all the other guys, all the other kids, and then wanting us to shower, I absolutely hated it. I was a bright redhead back then, like I am now. I'm not bright red now, but you get it. Sucked. Okay, so don't be concerned with catching something in the gym. Keep your distance from people. Make sure your equipment's wiped down. Eat good. Sleep well. You'll sleep the best that you can. And exercise. And your immune system will be fine. I promise you. That is the rollout rant. We're rolling into the podcast now. We're going to make this quick. I got to get home. I just covered... During the rollout rant, the science behind why I question the subject in the first place. It's not just because I'm a lifter. It's not just because I'm a gym, a muscle head or a gym head or whatever they're called. Whatever those words, the labels that people make for people who uh, like to take care of their bodies and their health. I don't know the science behind that. I want to talk mental, all right? Very important. And this is why... Very important. Almost the most important part. I would say probably from a preventative standpoint. From a, I want to be able to maintain my current weight. Example. I want you to, and this is going to be hard to hear, right? But I'm going to say it anyway. I want you to remember back before you had surgery... Why did you get to where you were at? How did you get to the point to where you needed weight loss surgery? I want you to think about it. It's not hard. Whatever happened, whether you got you got sick or you have an autoimmune disease or you went through a really bad breakup or you have, you know, underlying health issues. A majority of us, a large majority of us, are brought to that position where we're getting ready to have weight loss surgery or we need feel that we needed to have it because of our habits. Think about it. Habits. Why in the bariatric fuck, I haven't said that in a long time, why was I brought here? Because Derek would wake up in the middle of the night when I was married to my second wife just to go in the fucking kitchen, get a big-ass bowl of cereal, dump vitamin D milk in that shit, take chocolate syrup over the top of it, just drown it in, you know, Hershey's freaking ice cream syrup, and then sit in the freaking, uh, sit in the dining room in the dark, stone out of my mind, and eat. And I did that almost every day for like two, three months. It's habit. Did it because it was a habit. What else? I know you're thinking about something. 
So with that being said, and with that thought process in your mind of why you were brought to the bariatric community in the first place, why you felt you need to have this dramatic, life-changing surgery, what habit was it? If it's because of illness, I'm sorry. It still gives you reason to take care of yourself and to reach for that brass ring. So, okay. If I wanted to replace a habit, the first thing I would do was, would be, if it's a negative habit, like getting up or or excuse me, getting up in the morning and laying in bed and going through my phone or laying in bed and eating a cupcake or whatever, which is shit I would pos- pretty much did back in the day. Instead of doing that, I get up and I go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning. I don't do that now because I work at five o'clock in the morning and gym's closed. But you take one negative habit and you stack a positive habit on top of it. So, okay. I'm going to roll over in bed. Go through my phone. Which I do now kind of anyway. Because, well, I'm a freaking... Inf- I'm not an influencer. But I add my large group. And I run a large page. If I'm going to do that. I got to stand by my guns. Or stick to my guns. And make a promise to myself. And stick to that promise. And get up and go walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes before I go to work or before I get up and get the kids to school or whatever. You're stacking, okay? People will say, oh, you got to replace a bad habit with a good habit. Of course, no shit. It doesn't, it's not that easy. You just can't start something that is actual work. You know, you go to the gym, gym's tough. Did I want to get up and come over here today? Hell no, it's the day after Christmas. Everybody and their dog is here. So... I mean, there's no, there's not really bad infection rate in Salt Lake City, Utah, but that's not saying that it won't be, you know, because people are like this or we, Christmas made it so we're going to, Utah's going to blow up. Next thing you know, we're going to be the next California. Nah. I didn't want to get up, but you know, the drive, the drive got me there, you know, so still it's work. It's work you're going to have to get in a habit of doing. Because it's a positive habit. And eventually, you know, and it's not going to happen overnight. It might not happen a week. It might not happen a month. But it'll happen if you don't give up. And you may fall off the horse. But who gives the fuck about falling off the horse? It's like playing football, right? You get the ball. You run for the end zone. Someone knocks you on your ass. But they don't tackle you to hold you down. Knock you on your ass. What do you do? You get back up and you keep running for that end zone. All right. Well, here comes somebody else. Bam. They knock you on your ass. And they hold you down. You didn't get to your goal. So what? Get back up. Get ready to get the ball again. And go. Eventually, your bad habit, as long as you don't give up trying to overcome or overtake that bad habit you'll win I'm a living example and if I could do it if Derek uh, live everything in you know excess Peterson K 
can do it, <laughs> then you can. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end, to the uh, listeners who take time to listen to me rant. 2021 is going to be lit, I'm telling you. 2020 was a lesson, a big, big lesson for me. Oh, avoiding very tragic suicide, losing regain, losing a majority of my teeth, having my business full, everything. What a great lesson. I'm still here and I'm still ready to kick some, sorry, motherfucking ass. And I'm going to, but you know what? I can't do it alone. So I want you to come with me. So please, if you would comment below what your goals are for 2021. I want you to comment below what your goals are. And, uh, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how motivated you are. Peace out, you guys. I love you very much. Take care.